Hey, my name is Phil, and this is my wife, Meredith, and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now, in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. And Why don't you be seated right where you are, those of you who are in the room and lean in this morning. I am so excited about what God is gonna do in here. I have such anticipation for what happens when we come and when we gather together to celebrate, to come and behold Him. And this morning in particular, I wanna say and a huge thank you to all of you and to so many of you specifically Yesterday here, if you live in Toledo, you don't know this if you're online, but if you live in Toledo, you know that we had crazy windstorms all across the city, and it created all kinds of issues and all kinds of power outages and things. I was driving around delivering some things yesterday, and I saw a swing set, like a kid's wooden swing set that had been uplifted out of the ground and tipped over in someone's backyard. And it was absolutely wild. And as that does, it creates all kinds of additional issues. There were people here last night trying to fix and reboot, and they did work on so many things. And then we've had wreaths getting hung back up early this morning and systems being rebooted. And some of you have moved out of the balcony down onto the floor because the lights were creating issues. And there have been a lot of things vying for your attention this morning. But thank you to those of you who showed up early and stayed late to make sure that there is still a space for us to worship today. And thank you to each and every one of you that you're not gonna let your attention be distracted. But we have come to behold him this morning. So Jesus, we say we thank you for this place. We thank you for this space. We thank you for your hand of protection and your hand of safety. And we commit our hearts and our attention to you this morning. We speak to every distraction and say you are small to us. You are minimal to us because we serve a great God. We serve a mighty God. We serve a God that though he is all powerful, though he is all omniscient, because he didn't have to prove himself, he came in the form of a baby and said, watch what I'm about to do. You are the God who we come to behold today, Jesus. So give us hearts that are ready to be transformed by you. Give me words that communicate who you are. Let us draw closer to you because of our time together today. And God, we speak right now that somebody is coming home today. We speak right now that somebody is discovering you for the first time today, that someone is recommitting their life today, God, that somebody is getting rooted, is getting established, is getting planted, God, that our invitations are with purpose today. In your mighty name, Jesus, amen. Let's get into the word this morning, church. I want us to start out in the book of Matthew. This is Matthew's account and recollection of the gospel of Jesus. We've been reading out of Matthew 2, starting in verse 9, and this is what it says. It says, and behold, after this, the... Oops, sorry, I can't read off that. I always want to read off the back screen and it's too tricky for me. There we go. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. 
And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with an exceeding great joy. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with an exceeding great joy. There are these wise men. Jesus has just been born, and there are these wise men who live afar off, and from wherever they are, they see a star rising in the, in the sky, and they know that this star has come to announce to them that Jesus has been born, that the one they've been waiting for, the Messiah, has come, that the one that they have longed to see, that they have longed to encounter, has come into the world, and they gather all of their things, and they gather gifts, and they set out on a journey simply so that they can come and behold him. They set out to take a long journey. They didn't take a short journey around the corner. They set out on something that was going to be inconvenient to them. And they set out on something that would take them a far way. And they set out to take others and to announce that Jesus had come simply so that they could come and see him. What is the journey that has gotten you to this moment? What is the journey that brought you to the place where Jesus was? Was it full of inconveniences? Was it full of distractions? Was it full of reasons to give up? Did it take you longer than you thought it would? Who is waiting to come on the journey to come and behold him? who is waiting still to hear the announcement that Jesus Christ has come. And it says they had an exceeding great joy. Though their journey was going to be inconvenient and though their journey was going to take them somewhere they had never been and though their journey was going to take them a long time and though it wasn't going to be easy and though there were reasons that they should give up, it doesn't say that they set out with hesitation. It doesn't say that they set out uncertain. It doesn't say that they set out with fear or that they set out with skepticism. They set out with an exceeding great joy when they set out to go see him their hearts were filled with joy with anticipation with excitement that they were off to see Jesus because a star had risen in the sky and when they came to behold him they came to behold this Jesus who had come to live in the earth to wrap himself in flesh this Jesus who was love itself. Love itself had come down. Love itself had wrapped himself in flesh and in blood just like you and I and had entered the world through a woman. He had been born into the earth to show us what it's like to live as love, to show us what it's like to walk in love, to show us what it's like when love speaks, to show us what it's like when love sits at a table, to show us what it's like when love makes a friend, to show us what it's like when love love is hurt to show us what it's like when love is betrayed because he knew that we were reaching for everything outside of ourselves trying to feel the feeling of being whole trying to feel the feeling of being accepted trying to find the feeling of what it might mean to be complete and every time coming up short that our work couldn't complete us and that relationship didn't complete us and all of the things that we purchased didn't complete us. 
because nothing that had been created had the power or the capacity to complete us. So the uncreated one came and became part of creation. As love wrapped itself in flesh and came, and this is why they set out with an exceeding great joy, because love had came to announce that he had arrived. But in a single moment, Jesus came into the earth, and in a single moment, multifaceted God came and announced himself. He used a star in the sky, part of his creation to announce that he had come, to announce that he was entering into the earth. And he took this star that was in the sky, the star that had been created from his own very words to announce that he had come and used people that he had created to walk and to come and behold him, to be those who would announce that he has come. And it's fascinating to me that the uncreated one has chosen to use part of his creation to make the announcement that he is here that he is still using his creation in you and in I to announce his arrival, to announce that he had come. This is the God that the wise men came out to see, the God who was love, and as John would explain to us, the God who was light. John 1, 4 through 5 says, and in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. These wise men came to see a baby, a child, who was the Christ born into the world, and he was love wrapped in flesh. And John tells us he was also the light of the world. He came as a light. He came as the light for all mankind. He came to announce a light in the midst of the darkness. This is what the wise men saw when they came. They came to behold light. Tell somebody close to you, behold the light. This is the title of this week's message. Last week we talked about beholding Love, this week I want us to behold light. Behold the light of who he is. Light is absolutely essential to life. Life cannot function, it does not exist, it would not continue to go on if it wasn't for the very presence of light. Uh, Several years ago, in 2010, 2011, I moved back to Ohio after living in Australia for about two years. I moved back at the beginning of February of that year, which if you live in Ohio is a gray time of the year. There are lots of clouds. There is very little visible sun throughout the month of February in Ohio. And after I'd been home for about a month, maybe two, I was... I mean, totally, physically, uh, medically fatigued. I could, I've never experienced anything like it in my life. I could not find any energy within myself. I would wake up in the morning 
basically as late as I possibly could to get ready, get myself to work. I would get here at the time I was working as an administrative assistant here on staff at the church. I would get here, I would do my full day of work. I would go home and I would lay down for like another three or four hours, take a nap. I would wake up essentially to eat dinner eat dinner and go back to bed and be back in bed between like eight and nine o'clock and then sleep all night long and wake up and do that. And I could not figure out why am I so exhausted? What is happening to me? And I thought like, I'm absolutely losing it. There's no way, like I don't have any kids. I'm young, like I should not. I have none of the like external things that you would say like, well, that's just, you know, it's just part of aging is that, you know, you need a little bit more rest or, you know, well, you've got a lot of other things. I had none of the, I, I just told you what my day was. I was sleeping. I was coming to work for about eight hours, and I was going home and sleeping more. It was absolutely mind-boggling. So finally, I decided to go to a doctor and say, what is going on with my body? And so this doctor called for a bunch of blood work on my body so they could look at where what's going on and figure out what was happening in my body. My blood work comes back. He sits down. He said, I need you to tell me what's going on in your life. Your vitamin D level is like off the charts low. It has plummeted way below where it's not good. That's what he was saying. This is not good. And I was like, oh, well, I've been doing this. I've been doing this. And finally explained to him that I had just moved back from Australia. And he said, oh, wait, 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 wait. You moved back from Sydney, Australia in the middle of February to Ohio? And I said, yeah, that's what I did at the beginning of this year. I was studying there, and I just moved back. That's what I was explaining. And he said, that is 100% what's happening. Your body needs sunlight. Your body needs direct sunlight every single day. And one of the things that your body does with that sunlight is it produces vitamin D in your body. Now, you can get the sunlight that you need through cloudy skies in Ohio. However, your body is used to having an abundant surplus plus of direct sunlight on it. It is not used to holding in reserve the sun that it needs. And you are not used to being intentional like you need to be about getting out in the light. Have you been intentional about getting in the light? He said there was a dramatic shift in your life from a place where you had abundant access to that light and you moved to a place where your body now has to be more intentional and he began to explain how essential light is to life. Plants need it in order to grow and to produce fresh seeds. Water needs it to turn from water on the ground to rain in the sky that comes back. Your body needs it in every possible space of your, your mind needs it and your skin needs it and your organs need it. Everything about your body needs sunlight. It needs to be out in the light. And I've recently been studying this more. Phil's going to be so tired of hearing about it because he asked me the other day, when am I going to stop hearing about this? Because I realized the other day that I have heard experts in almost every field related to taking care of yourself talk about the fact that you need 10 to 20 minutes of direct sunlight every single day. Mental health experts have talked about it. Dermatologists have talked about it. Brain doctors have talked about it. Cancer survivors have talked about it. 
addicts who have recovered have talked about it. I have heard everyone talk about it, yet I have not applied in my life a practice of getting 10 to 12 minutes of direct sunlight every day. And why do they all talk about it? Because there is something that happens to the life that is on the inside of you when you get into the light. And in the same way that your physical body needs to be in the light, your spirit needs to be in the light of the world to get the energy that it needs to walk in this new life that Christ has called us into. A new life. When your spirit gets in the light of the Son of God, the light that was there at the beginning of creation wrapped himself up and came into the world. And when he came into the world as the light of the world, he came into the world to introduce you into and to bring you into and to invite you into a brand new way of living. He says, I am the light of the world. And in me is life, life for all mankind. And all of a sudden, we are invited into a kind of life that takes us into a brand new pathway. It doesn't look like the life we lived in before. It doesn't look like the life that he has drawn us out of. It looks like a life lived in the light of who he is. A life lived in the light and the wonder of Jesus, the Christ who came and who we get to behold. He said, I am inviting you into the light. I am inviting you to live in this light way of living that I have for you. I am inviting you into a totally new a way of living that says you no longer live in the darkness, but now you have come and you can live in the light. Later when Paul was talking to the church in Ephesus, he would say, you are now children of the light. You used to be children of the darkness, but now you are children of the light. Come and walk in the light. Walk in the way of the light. In your every day, you get to walk in the paths of his light. And when John described it, he said, the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness has not overcome this light that came into the world because the darkness is not the opposing force of the light. The darkness is simply the absence of the light. And so when the light appears, the darkness has to disappear. These are not two equally weighted opposing forces in a battle and let's see who's going to win. As soon as the light comes into the space, the darkness is dispelled from that space. Light came into the darkness and the darkness had to be dispelled. It had to be pushed back. The darkness had to disappear because it has no choice but to surrender to the power of the light. When the light came into the world, John says the darkness did not overcome it, but the light has overcome the darkness. These are not opposing forces. Evil and righteousness are not opposing forces. Evil exists where righteousness has not been 
present. When righteousness shows up, evil has to bow down to it. When those who walk in the way of the light, when you walk in the way of the light, evil has to bow down. And when John describes darkness, he chooses an interesting word to describe the darkness. He chooses a Greek word called zophos. And the reason it's interesting is because it's only used about a handful of times throughout the, Old Test- or throughout the New Testament as they're writing down the stories of Jesus and writing instructions to the early church. There's lots of other words for darkness, but John chooses zophos. And he chooses Zophos because Zophos isn't simply darkness like you've extinguished a candle or flipped off the lights. Zophos is the darkness that has with it a deep sense of disparity, a deep sense of sorrow, a deep sense of longing, a deep sense of grief and of being separated from something that you can't quite grasp onto. And while during this time of year we sing jingle bells and we sing what a joyful time it is and joy to the world, at the same time there is often a longing. There is often a darkness. There is often a heaviness that tries to hold on to us, that tries to put a tinted blue over your celebrations as we remember things that are different than the way that we wished that they were. As we get trapped in the path of comparison, wondering if our Christmas is quite as good as somebody else's. And darkness comes into the space. And darkness tries to bring heaviness over our lives. Darkness walks us down all kinds of paths that are not the path that Christ intended for us. Darkness, when you think about darkness, darkness creates confusion. It creates confusion even in well-known spaces. If you've ever woke up in the middle of the night and it's been completely pitch black, even though this is a space that you know well, there's confusion as you try to find your way in a space that you thought that you knew and you bump your shin on the edge of a bed and you trip over a shoe that somebody left somewhere right where it shouldn't be. There is confusion in the midst of darkness. There is fear in the midst of darkness because there is uncertainty in the midst of darkness, in the midst of darkness, in the midst of this zophos that makes me feel like I'm not quite sure what's around me and like I can't quite get my bearings and I can't quite get a grasp. If in the middle of this month where everyone is singing songs of joy and everyone is wrapping gifts with presents, you find yourself feeling confused in the midst of a place that you've been before or you feel yourself in the uncertainty of fear that I don't quite know what step I'm supposed to be taking or where I'm supposed to be going next. I have good news for you today. There is a light that shines in the midst of the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In the midst of your confusion, there is clarity. In the midst of your fear, there is a God who loves you. In the midst of your uncertainty, he 
comes to bring you certainty and to bring you strength and to light the path in front of you. There is a light shining in the midst of the darkness. Behold the light. Behold the light has come. Behold this great light has come to announce that you who were once in darkness can now find yourselves in the midst of the light, in the midst of the glorious, marvelous light of who he was. He came to bring life to the earth. He came to bring life to all who look on him, all who gaze on him, all who stare into the beauty and the wonder, all who behold him. All who behold him. Beholding him means to perceive. It means to gaze upon and to observe him. Have you beheld him? Have you beheld the light of who he is? Have you gotten 10 to 20 minutes of direct light from heaven on your spirit. Come and behold him. Come and behold the light and the wonder of who Jesus is. That he came to bring life. And he came to bring light to all mankind. So if you feel heavy and you feel uncertain, if you feel afraid about the days ahead, behold the beauty of his light. It's what Isaiah talked about. Hundreds of years before the light would come into the earth in Isaiah 9, starting in verse 2, who was Isaiah? Isaiah was a prophet. What does that mean? It means that Isaiah was a guy who was appointed to hear from God and to tell the people. God's spirit hadn't yet been poured out so all of us can hear directly. And he would choose these people like Isaiah and say, I want you to tell the people what's coming. I want you to give them a picture of what I'm about to do. And when he began to speak to Isaiah in Isaiah 9, starting in verse 2, this is what he says. He says, and the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. If you feel like you have been walking in darkness, if you feel like you have been dwelling in the place of darkness, It's one thing to know that you are in darkness for a moment. But when you're dwelling in the place of darkness, when you're not sure if the light is ever coming. When Phil moved here the first year, it was like early March, and he had grown up in a warm climate. We walked out of the house one day, and he said to me, I just have a question. Is the sun ever coming back? And some of you feel that way in this season. You feel like you have been dwelling in darkness. And you're asking, is the light ever 
coming back. Come and behold him. Come and behold him. Isaiah goes on to say that you, O God, have multiplied the nation and you have increased joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about come and behold joy. That when he came, he came with great joy and there was great rejoicing and it says and they are glad when they divide the spoil for the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder and the rod of his oppressor you have broken as on the day of Midian what does all that mean it means the darkness has not overcome him he has broken the power of the darkness for every boot of the trampling warrior in the battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for his fire for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government shall be on his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace and of the increase of his government and of his peace there will be no end and on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time and forevermore. And the zeal of the Lord will do this thing. There will be no end. Isaiah said, when this thing happens, when this child comes into the earth, there will be no end to his rule. There will be no end to his reign. There will be no break in his lineage, in his sovereignty, in his justice, in his righteousness. From the time this thing starts rolling, there is nothing that darkness can do to overcome it. And what will we call him? We will call him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. He has come. He is the light. And he has come to dispel every darkness. He has come to break every yoke of heaviness. He has come to shine his light and to announce his rule and his reign and that it will last forever. Everyone who's able standing in this room, that means that forever includes right now forever includes this moment. It's easy to get distracted and it's easy to feel the weight of our moment and think forever is a future hope. Forever includes this moment. He has come to shine his light in the moment you are facing right here and right now, he has come to dispel the darkness, the heaviness, the burden that you are carrying, the fear that you have been holding onto, the uncertainty that you face right now. I'm gonna pray two prayers. One prayer 
First prayer, I'm going to pray for every believer who has been feeling the weight of heaviness. Remind you that you are a child of the light. Come and walk in the light. And the second prayer I'm going to pray is if you're not sure if you can be called a child of the light, I want to pray for you today that you would say yes to Jesus and be welcomed into the light, the life of his goodness. So Father God, I thank you for your people. I thank you for your children. I thank you that you came to us and that you have called us children of the light, that the essence of who you are, God, has gotten on the inside of us. You have made us like you. And I speak over your children that the light of who you are, God, would burn in them with a zeal. That the past victories, God, would become the fuel for the flame of the fire of the light that you have ignited on the inside of them. You have sent us as light into the midst of the darkness. Not to hide it, not to shun it, not to be ashamed of it, but to shine it bright for all to see. So I speak strength. I speak light. I speak life over your people today in Jesus' mighty name. Now I want everyone to repeat after me as we pray this prayer to welcome home those who are saying yes to Jesus for the first time and those who are saying yes to Jesus in a form of recommitting a life of walking in the light of his goodness. Say, Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you for sending light. We thank you for life. And we thank you for salvation. Today, I let go of a life ruled by me. And I take hold of a life lived in your light. Teach me how. Establish me, walk with me, and thank you for your salvation. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Man, church, let's rejoice that some people have come home today. Let's celebrate.